Good morning. It's good to be with you on this uh, wonderful Friday as we continue in our time with Acts. Today we're going to be reading Paul's response to the criticism that were leveled against him uh, yesterday, where it was he was accused of coming and disrupting things, and we find that uh, they didn't want to follow Jesus because they were pretty comfortable. So let's see what Paul has to say about that. So we're going to pick up with verse twenty-four. I'm sorry, chapter twenty-four, verse ten. We'll be in chapter twenty-four, verse ten through uh, verse twenty-three. When the governor motioned to him to speak, Paul replied, I cheerfully make my defense knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation. As you can find out, it is no more than 12 days since I went up to worship in Jerusalem. They did not find me disrupting anyone in the temple or stirring up a crowd either in the synagogues or throughout the city. Neither can they prove to you the charge that they now bring against me. But this I will admit to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our ancestors, believing everything laid down according to the law or written in the prophets. I have hope in God. I hope that they themselves also accept that there will be a resurrection, both of the righteous and of the unrighteous. Therefore, I do my best to have a clear conscience toward God and all people. Now, after some years, I came to bring alms to my nation and to offer sacrifices. While I was doing this, they found me in the temple, completing the rite of purification without any crowd or disturbance. But there were some Jews from Asia. They ought to be here before you to make the accusation if they have anything against me. Or let these men tell you what crime they had found when I stood before the council. Unless it is this one sentence that I was called out while standing before them. It is about the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. But Felix, who was rather informed about the way, adjourned the hearing with the comment, When Lysias, the tribune, comes down, I will decide your case. Then he ordered the centurion to keep him in custody, but to let him have some liberty and to not prevent any of his friends from taking care of his needs. So we see Paul now begin to give his defense. And he says this, I didn't do what they're saying I did. <laughs> you know, in fact, the only reason why I'm on trial here, he says in verse 21, unless it was this one sentence that I called out while I was standing before them, it is about the resurrection of the dead that I'm on trial before you today. The resurrection of the dead, that is that is the thing that got Paul in many ways in trouble with um with the uh, religious leaders. In fact, it's so interesting, y'all. If you were to read some of Paul's early Paul's letters, Corinthians, I'm thinking of ex- specifically because you read Corinthians chapter 15, Paul there spending a lot of time talking about the spirit, the resurrection, and the spiritual bodies that we're going to have, and it's interesting. Um, in Judaism. I shared this with you a few uh, week or so ago. We talked about the Sadducees and the Pharisees that the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. So we as Christians kind of take the concept of resurrection for granted almost. Like we we just kind of it's an assumed belief, norm and belief that we're going to be resurrected. That's just you know, no big deal. Duh, we're going to be resurrected. That was not the case in Paul's day. So what's interesting is you see a backwards argument for Paul. You see it here a little bit. Paul in Corinthians says, we know that Jesus was resurrected. Like, we know he was resurrected. We have witnesses. We have all the stuff to prove that Jesus was resurrected. So if Jesus was resurrected, then there must be a resurrection. You see Jesus, you see Paul arguing that Jesus' resurrection means that all of us will be resurrected. If he was resurrected, then there must be a resurrection. The question was not, was Jesus resurrected? They believed that 
They believe that. He, res res he was resurrected. So if he was resurrected, then we all be resurrected. In fact, we see that. Um, it, it, it said, uh, they talk about, uh, I have this, I hope in God, I hope that, that they themselves also accept that there'll be a resurrection, both of the righteous and of the unrighteous. And um, so we see the fact that Paul and these religious leaders here, particularly if they were Pharisees, believed in the resurrection. And um, golly, y'all. It's interesting what we see here as for Paul, the pinnacle of all of this. It's the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What it's all about. And um, that's, do you really stop and think about that? Have you, have you really thought recently about the resurrection. Because we go about our lives. Sometimes. And we get busy. We have meetings and responsibilities. And we have. All the swirl of the seasons we find ourselves in. When was the last time you pondered. The reality. The fact. There's a resurrection. That Jesus was resurrected from the dead. That death could not contain him. The grave could not keep him. He was resurrected. And that death for us as Christians has no hold on us. We don't have to be afraid of death, y'all. We don't have to be afraid of dying. Now, I'm not looking to die today. I kind of like life. And I'd like to keep going to go on. I'd like to go on living for a little bit if at all possible. But we don't have to fear death, y'all. So what that means to me, it, it's if we don't have to be afraid of death because Jesus Christ has overcome death itself, then what do we have to be afraid of? We have nothing to be afraid of, y'all, because even death has been overcome by Jesus. We have nothing to fear. Nothing. And yet, how 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 much of our life do we live in fear? In fear of others, what they'll think of us, in fear of judgment, in fear of so many things. We're so afraid. And we don't have to be. We don't have to be because death has been overcome. Paul's critical argument here, his critical argument in this lesson, in this passage, is the resurrection of the dead. Death has been defeated. Sin has been destroyed. Christ is risen from the dead. And if, the, if death cannot hold him or keep him, if death has been defeated by Jesus, then everything has been defeated, y'all. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear, y'all. And so I think part of the problem we have, part of the thing we got to come to terms with is we have to ask ourselves this question. Is, do we really believe that? Do you really, truly, and deeply believe that Jesus Christ has overcome death? Do you? 
And if you believe that, if you believe that Jesus Christ has overcome death, then what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What do you have to be afraid of? Jesus Christ has overcome even death. Even death, y'all. If Jesus Christ has overcome even death, then there's nothing we have to fear. Nothing we have to fear. Nothing we have to be afraid of. No human, no power, no principality, no nothing. Nothing, y'all. We don't have to be afraid. In a world right now that traffics on fear, in a cultural moment that wants to make you afraid of everything and everybody, we're reminded today the power of the good news of Jesus Christ. We're reminded the power of the gospel. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And he has overcome even death. So what do we have to be afraid of? We have the hope that is the resurrection. We have nothing to fear. So today, we see Paul say, hey, I'm here about the resurrection. Christ has been resurrected. So what have I to worry about or what have I to be afraid of? And so we see that's what it comes down to, y'all. It's the resurrection. So I want to ask you, I want you to ask yourself again today, do you believe that Christ overcome death? And if so, then what are you afraid of? So let's live lives today of peace and of joy and of hope, not lives of fear, because Christ has overcome, even overcoming the grave. Thanks for being with us. I hope you have a great weekend this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful weekend. Uh, we'd love to have you worship with us at St. Matthew's. Uh, we we be honored by your presence. Um, we will pick up Monday uh, with chapter 24, verse uh, 24. Have a great day. Thanks.